It is good to be together again. Before we dig into the Lord's Word this morning, let's go to Him in prayer and ask His blessing on this time. Father, we are so grateful for the, the opportunity to gather together, uh, some of us here in person, others uh, through the Internet. What a good thing it is to have this connection. We have learned in these days to appreciate all the more the wonder and beauty of the family of God, the body of Christ. We do pray that you would bring an end to uh, this pandemic, that we might all have freedom to gather together again personally, in person. We also ask, Father, that in these days where it seems that there is so much division, that you would bring healing relationally into our land. Father, um, we pray for wisdom for our leaders as they deal with all of these many issues. We pray that as, as Paul writes to Timothy, that we might uh, live quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and holiness, but the purpose of that is so that the gospel might go forth that we might be able to share freely the good news of Jesus. Help us to be faithful in that endeavor in these days. As we come to your word, I ask that you would uh, meet with us here, that you would teach us and instruct us, that we would listen carefully to your word, your voice this morning, that we might be shaped and look and be more like our Savior Jesus. It's in His name that we ask it. Amen. I invite you once again to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. This book, as we have noted, is written to encourage some very discouraged believers, uh, to encourage them to hang in there, to keep going and keep following Christ. In the first verses here of Hebrews chapter 12, we've noted in the last few weeks that uh, our Christian life is depicted as a race. And in these first verses, we are given four characteristics of faith uh, that finishes life, that finishes this race well. We read in verse 1, follow along, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Two weeks ago, we talked about this great cloud of witnesses here, and we noted that the first of these characteristics of this faith that finishes well, the first characteristic is that it's a partnership of faith. Our race is not a solo race. Scripture is filled with examples of those who have gone before us in following God. They are our teachers, and we are to learn from these who have lived and who have finished faithfully. But even more, we learn that they are teammates. God is doing something extraordinary through all of us, all the people of God together. This race isn't just about me. It's about all of us together. Last week, we looked at the the second phrase, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. We saw the second key characteristics of this faith is an unhindered faith. The finish line of our race is in heaven. Our hope, our destiny, our reward, our prize is there. And so we willingly 
as the text calls us, we willingly cast off all the things that get in the way, the sins that trip us up, and the anything that slows us down from loving Jesus supremely and serving Him fully. The third key, which we will look at today, is still in verse 1, and it is a persevering faith. It's found in the, la- in the last phrase of verse 1, where it says, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I like the way the NIV translates this. It says, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. One thing I notice of this characteristic of a persevering faith is that we need to choose to run. The text calls us, it says, let us run. It's a call, a command. Let's run. Let's join the race. To do that, we need to live intentionally, not accidental. To be intentional, to get into the race, to engage the race. No one finds themselves accidentally in the Boston Marathon. If you're going to run in the Boston Marathon, first of all, you have to register. You have to pay an entrance fee. You also have to train extensively because you have to qualify. No one can make, can, uh, qualify with the time, uh, without training. Every year, thousands are turned away. Being in the Boston Marathon, being in that race is a choice. It's a commitment. It's no, in no way an accident. Really, in the same way, you don't accidentally live for Jesus Christ. You must choose to follow Him. You must choose to be His disciple. And so we need to choose to live for Jesus. Jesus put it this way. He said, if we're going to follow Him, we need to take up the cross daily and follow Him. It's going to be a commitment and a choice. You know, we can take our car up to the fast lane. There at the fast lane, fill it with gas. We can take it through the car wash. We can vacuum it in and out. Then we can sit in the parking lot, revving the engine. The car will look great. It's all fueled up. makes good sound. But that car is not going anywhere until we put it in gear and drive away. Likewise, it's possible for us to look at this great cloud of witnesses, to admire and be inspired by their devotion, by their sacrifices, by their faithful living and service for Christ. And it's possible to celebrate our partnership with them. It's even possible to start laying aside some of the sins that trip us up and to cast off some of the clutter that weighs us down. But if then all we do is show up in church every so often, and rev our engines, we've missed the point. We are called to engage the race, to actively, daily, and passionately pursue knowing Jesus, loving Jesus, serving Jesus, and proclaiming the good news about Jesus. Last month, because of uh, this COVID-19 virus, the Kentucky Derby was postponed. But for fun and for entertainment, the race sponsor ran in its place the Kentucky Turtle Derby. (laughs) Turtle races are funny. They're funny because turtles have no concept that they're in a race. Many of the contestants often run the wrong way. Progress is generally more accidental than deliberate. And that's great for turtles. 
But unfortunately, many Christians are like that. Years go by, but there's little to no progress in their Christian life. There's no progress toward the finish line. There's no growth in faith and godliness. There's no growing relationship, no closer walking with the Lord. There's no people that they are impacting for Jesus. It's the opposite of what this text is talking about. When it uses the analogy of a race, it has the point of the metaphor is that a race has a sense of urgency, of intensity, that for the believer in Christ, apathy is out of place in the Christian life. And this, in fact, was a problem among some of the original recipients of this letter. Back in chapter 5 of the book of Hebrews, in verse 12, it says, In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. They had a problem Their growth had been stunted because there was no commitment to move forward. Their problem can happen to us as well. We must choose to commit. We must choose to run this race. We must choose to live the life of faith or we will languish in lethargy and in infancy. So we must choose to run. Secondly, I learned from this passage, we need to run with perseverance. As the verse goes on, let us run with endurance. Or as some other translations have it, the word endurance is the word perseverance. From that very word, perseverance, we know that we need to persevere, we need to endure because things are going to get difficult. In fact, Following Jesus is going to be difficult. When it says we need to persevere, we need to endure in the race, that word race in Greek is the word agona. It's from that Greek word we get our English word agony. There's a reminder here in in this very word, in this analogy, that the Christian life is not going to be easy. There are going to be struggles. There's going to be difficulty And there's a Christian bumper sticker I don't think we'll ever see. Join the agony. Trust Jesus. So that message won't sell very well, I don't think, in our me-focused culture. But it is the reality of choosing to follow Jesus. At times, it will be difficult. And therefore, we're going to need perseverance to run. In the Boston Marathon, there's a long hill near the end of the course, the end of the race course, and they've nicknamed that hill Heartbreak Hill. It's the last of a series of hills, and it rises about a half a mile between the 20th and the 21st mile marks of this 26-mile race. Most runners consider it the toughest stretch of the race. Even though the finish line is near, Many runners have quit. They've given up, called it quits, when they hit Heartbreak Hill. So the message for us here is don't quit. Run with perseverance. It's going to be difficult, 
And we, but we might start off with enthusiasm. But when it gets difficult, how easily things change. When that going gets tough, we find ourselves tired. We get timid. We lose our courage and we falter. And we need this encouragement where it says, run with endurance, run with perseverance, don't quit. Even earlier in this book, back in chapter 10, we are told in verse 36 that we need perseverance. It says there, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. Don't give up too soon. Don't quit before the finish line. You want to get to the finish line and receive what God has promised, He says. Persevere. Now, Let's be honest, it's easy to say don't quit. It's easy to say persevere, hang in there. But how do we get this ability to persevere? And I think it's a great question. How do we persevere? Well, perseverance, as I look at this text, I realize that perseverance is a choice. Perseverance is chosen. It's a determination that we choose, that we are going to choose to hang in there. We are going to choose to hang tough. I don't know how many of you have ever run long distances. In my college days, I was inspired by my marathon running roommate, and and I started running uh, and training along with him and some of the cross-country folks, and I, I learned to run some fairly long distances. And when you do that, what you learn is there's often a point where they call it, you hit the wall. This point where you just feel you cannot go on any farther at all. But if you persevere, if you choose to determine to keep going, something amazing happens. You break through that wall and you find what the runners call, and you've probably heard about, you find a second wind, a new burst of strength that carries you on. And sometimes that even moves into the sense of flow where the body seems to go kind of on autopilot and your legs just move without your mind having to tell them, move, move, run. But there's more here to this concept of persevering than just don't quit. It's interesting, the Greek word here for perseverance or endurance means more than simply not quitting. It also implies an attitude of hope, an attitude of cheer. In other words, it's enduring with a hopeful expectation. For the Christian, what this means is that that enduring in the race, enduring uh, in faith when things get difficult, isn't just gritting your teeth going, maybe I can tough it out through this. Rather, it's an eyes upward, expectant trust that God is going to do something here. God is going to do something with me. He will enable me in this. He will deliver me from this difficult time or through this difficult time. But God is going to get me through this. Perseverance, you see, is also trusting God. It is a determination, a choosing, but it's also a trusting. 
Trusting God may be difficult and hanging in there may be difficult, but if we keep going and believing, God will bring us through. There's another aspect of this perseverance. Uh, There's an old little story, an old saying that someone once went to a wise man and asked him, how can I avoid mistakes? The wise man answered, have wisdom. And so this person asked, well, how can I gain wisdom? The wise man replied, by making mistakes. (laughs) There's a little bit of that same thing here. When we ask, how do we gain perseverance? The answer can be said by persevering. Persevering is something that is developed. The book of James tells us how to gain perseverance. It says in chapter 1, verse 2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. In other words, it says perseverance is developed when our faith is tested. When when our faith is tested and we hang in there, when we don't quit in difficult times. This very quality of perseverance that we need to endure tough times is developed during tough times. And perhaps that sounds strange, but it's exactly a principle that every athlete understands and and that they rely on. It's why they endure the rigors and the stresses and the discipline of training. Our faith is like the athlete's muscle that grows stronger when it's used, when it's stretched, when it's put to the test. So as we believe God and follow Him, Every bit of suffering and every bit of difficulty, every trial that comes into our life, they serve to make us more fit and more able to to persevere in the next challenge. There's a third key about this uh, persevering faith. You and I need to remember that it is personal. Look at at this phrase, the last line of this phrase. It says, we need to let us run the race, uh, run with perseverance, the race that is set before us. See, we have a personal race. It is a unique race, a unique life uh, that is set before us. And there's many things in our life, many things in our race that we don't get to choose. If we did get to choose, many of us would probably like to choose a different path, a different course, one without the problems in our life, one without our disabilities, one without our limitations, perhaps one that has wealth or has talents or has blessings that others seem to have, but we don't. But we don't get that opportunity. Our race is set before us. But not only do we have a personal race, Our race is set before us, and I would add this, by God is the implication. We may not particularly like our our race, our life circumstances, and we might wonder at times if God has made some mistake. But you see, there's a comfort here for us in this reality. This course of life that we need to persevere through is marked for us by God. 
And God makes no mistakes. It is planned by our loving Father. Every hardship, every difficulty which you must endure and I must endure, everything we need to persevere through, it is passed through the hand of a loving Father. Just down in a few verses from now, which we'll see in a few weeks, in verse 7, it says, Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? And when it talks about discipline there, it's not just talking about punishment and maybe part of it. It's talking about training. Good human fathers sometimes make some things difficult for their children, not to for their ill, but for their good. It's because they love their children. We have a unique race, and it's been set out for us by God. It's been planned by a loving Father. Even with all the hardships and all the difficulties and all the sufferings, they are there because of His love. And they are there, our hardships and difficulties, not to destroy us, but they are there for our good because God works through them. It goes on in verse 10 of this chapter to say that, They, our fathers, disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he, that's God, disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. God is working through our difficulties for our good. Here's one more encouraging thing from I see from this text. And that is that we can win. The race is winnable. It's winnable because our race is tailored for us. I don't have to run your race and you don't have to run mine. And the trials in your life and in my life, they are not unbearable because our God is a loving Father. He doesn't ask of us what He hasn't equipped us for. The hardships that we must persevere through in this race are not beyond what we can bear. We won't look there this morning, but I encourage you, just jot this down. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. That's exactly what that verse there tells us. Nothing here is too, in our life is too difficult for us. God will make a way out. He will get us through. And I notice in this race... It never says that we have to beat someone else to win. Unlike all of the human races that there are out there, we're not competing against one another. Winning in this race is simply enduring. It is simply persevering. It is simply running to the finish. To win this race, we don't have to beat someone else. We simply have to endure till the end. John Stephen Akwari was a marathon runner. He came from Tanzania, and he came to race in the Olympics in Mexico City. The year was 1968. John Stephen Akwari finished last in the Olympics, in the Olympic marathon 1968. But in fact, no last place finisher in an Olympic marathon ever finished quite so last. See, during the race, he fell 
and he cut his leg badly and he dislocated his knee. More than an hour after the last of the other runners had completed the race, Akwari hobbled into the stadium in tremendous pain with his bloodied and bandaged leg. There were only a few spectators left in the stands when he finally crossed the finish line. People were amazed at the determination of this man. And when a a reporter came and asked him why he continued to run despite the pain, he replied, My country did not send me 5,000 miles here to start the race. They sent me here to finish the race. That's perseverance. God calls for us to run with perseverance. To live this in, in our life, to live the life of faith, even through trials, even through difficulties, even through struggles, so that in the end we share in His nature and revel in His glory and enjoy the wonders that He has prepared for us in heaven. So let's keep running. Let's finish the course and let's finish strong for the glory of our Lord Jesus. This morning... If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you're not even in the race. You're not headed for heaven. The Bible says that the only way we get to heaven is by trusting Jesus. You can change that today. You can trust Him. The Bible puts it this way. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. It's that simple. Trust Jesus as your Savior. If you're watching or listening this morning, if you're a believer in Jesus, but you've gotten off the track, left the course, you're out in the sidelines, you've been tripped up by sins or slowed down by other things, you haven't been running toward Jesus for a while. It's time to get back up, get back in the race, start running. Maybe you're here this morning and you've felt like you've hit, you feel like you've hit the wall. You're wondering if you can possibly go on. The struggles, the difficulties are so many. They are so discouraging. You've been battling weariness. May these realities this morning help you find, as it says down in verse 12, strength for your feeble arms and your weak knees. May you be encouraged this morning. Don't quit. Keep going. Let's pray. Father, thank you. There are encouraging truths here. You have laid out before us a life which we need to live by faith because without faith, the Bible says, it is impossible to please you. And yet we are not doing this on our own. We are in a partnership. We we are not doing this alone because you are with us. You are the one who enables us. You are the one who, as, as the scripture says, who began a good work in us. You are the one who will be faithful to help us to complete it. 
So, Father, help us to run well. Whatever situation any one of us who is listening this morning is in, Father, meet us here. If there is yet one out there this morning who has yet to place their faith and trust in Jesus and to be rescued and to have a destiny, a future in heaven, in this moment, may they say, yes, Lord Jesus, I believe you. I trust in you as my Savior. If there are folks out there this morning who need to get back in the race, may this morning they say, Lord, I'm sorry, I've wandered away. And may they come back and start following you again. Father, encourage the discouraged and lift up the feeble so that in all of us, in all things, Jesus would be exalted. It's in His name we pray. Amen.